Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Wish You Were Weird. A show where we talk about everything you've always wanted to know more about. Including, but not limited to, drag. Dating. Politics. The do's and don'ts of dating farm animals. Lily Rose Depp's forehead having a VHS slot. (laughs) How Luke from Halloween Town became a QAnon incel after losing Marnie. How Benny the cab driver got his SAG after card. Eight times the mom in Halloween Town was being like a complete bitch for literally no reason. How the brother from Halloween Town would have gotten laid at liberal arts college, but was the pariah of the film. I'm Calabar's gay nephew, Vincent. And I'm the girl who tried to cast Calabar away when I was tripping on acid at Coachella last spring. Sarah. <laughs> I wish that I happened that. to me. I was going to say, you've never been to Coachella. <laughs> I have never tripped acid, Vinny. <laughs> Can't speak for you, but. Really? You've never tripped acid? No. Do I just look like I have? So boring. Just kidding. So what's going on in your, in your universe? Um, the well, Sarah Cinematic Universe. There are a lot of things going on here at Hogwarts. <laughs> I'm just in this Dobby character right now. I greeted Vinny and I have a Dobby mask. It's just something I bought because, not because I wanted it, but because I needed it. And <laughs> <laughs> really scary ass mask. It's hideous. But is it gorgeous though? Yes. Are you are you looking at it in the right way with the right lens? We should put we should spend a day and put like makeup on it and make like a dragged out Dobby. You're not touching that mask. One Sarah. that mask. You buy your own fucking Dobby mask and you can do whatever the fuck you want with it. <laughs> My Dobby mask will be pure. <laughs> How much was it? I want to buy a Dobby mask. It was not expensive. It maybe maybe it was like twenty bucks. It, it's on Amazon. Okay. Okay. Stop buying from Amazon, you fucking capitalist bootlegger. Oh, really? Let's check your let's check your receipts. <laughs> Where'd you get toilet paper, bitch? <laughs> Not Amazon. Not this week. Let's check all of the places that you've bought things from this past week and let's check how, you know, pure its morality is, you know. Yeah, that's true. I did get Duncan this morning, so yeah corporation you know what i got from duncan i got they have okay i have to be quiet because i told mandy i'd only buy her a coffee if she eats this mystery donut flavor with me but the (laughs) donut flavor is not a mystery it's a ghost pepper super spicy donut (laughs) and i'm not i'm not telling her until we eat it so that she can be like surprised i'm so excited honestly should i should feel the reaction that's like harassment i feel like that's (laughs) not It's called a prank, Sarah. God, watch the YouTube video. <laughs> I feel like that's, I don't know, that's horrible. A uh, ghost pepper? Isn't that like, don't people die from eating those? Although, like- well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but um, one time, when I used to work at um, Wegmans, bleep that out because I don't want them catching wind of this. When I used to work <laughs> at a, a certain grocery store that rhymes with Schmegmans, I think um, you've brought this up before, so I think you're... Oh, you work. To, yeah. Cool. They, well, they gave me a pepper. They were like, it's your first day here, so you have to eat this pepper in front of us. And it was like a hazing. And I ate the pepper, and it was the spiciest shit I ever ate in my life. And, like, I was in pain for, like, three hours. Anyways, Wegmans has hazing, so... Oh, my God. <laughs> They're like, you got a bag groceries. You're gonna stick this fucking pepper down your throat. Literally, and then is like, that what you did? Day. Yeah, I, you- I ate it because like, what was I gonna <laughs> do? Not participate? And then everyone at Wegmans thinks I'm a fucking pussy. Like, no. <laughs> and then I was like running around the whole day, and everyone was like, "Where's the lettuce?" And I was like, <laughs> "Like I couldn't speak. It was horrible." You sounded like when SpongeBob gets like drained <laughs> of his liquid in Sandy's like dome <laughs> i need it <laughs> wow i really like that two truths and a lie me and sarah didn't prepare two truths and a lie so we're gonna do actual two truths and a lie about ourselves let's see i know pretty much everything about sarah because i go through her phone every time she's in the bathroom 
So she won't be able to stump me on this one. Let me see. I have to think about this one. Actually, can I? Can you give me a minute to contemplate? Yeah, that's. Good. I need to write this down. Okay, I'm ready. One. Rosie O'Donnell told me that I have nice hair once. Patricia mm. Arquette tried to get me in trouble at drama school. And three. I bought a shirt from a supermodel once. It wasn't Patricia Arquette. It was Patricia Clarkson that tried to yeah. get me in trouble at drama school. <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll tell this story. I, I yeah, do. I, um, yeah, so that's, that one's not true. The other ones are true. Rosie O'Donnell, I went to the stage door of Fiddler on the Roof when I was like eight. And I was with my grandmother. And she's like, you know, an eccentric, like New York Jewish grandmother. And she was like, oh, do you mean my granddaughter? And Rosie O'Donnell was like, oh, my God, she has lovely hair. And I had like really curly, like Jewy hair back then. It's kind of going back to that, which I'm happy about. But um rosie o'donnell did like my hair and she complimented it and we we kikied back then with me and my grandma and also i did buy a shirt from a supermodel once i went to a pop-up shop and this supermodel was selling her clothes to like be donated to charity and she had some like moschino jeremy scott shirt and she wanted to sell for like 300 dollars. and i was like i'll give you 50 <laughs> And she was like, fine. And I don't know who she was, but everyone was like, she dated Leonardo DiCaprio, so she must be someone. I don't know. Maybe it was like Carly Kloss or one of those. I really don't know who she was. It didn't mean anything to me. But um, anyways, the Patricia Clarkson story, which I, people who know me know about this because it's like given me PTSD to this day. Um, <laughs> and I know that I don't, the listeners I have here won't be as many as when I want to tell this on a late night talk show one day, because I have a dream of talking about this with Andy Cohen on watch what happens live one day when I'm drunk. Um, so that'll happen also. But basically this woman who is an alum of my school, you may know her from several different films, um, easy, a whatever the mom in easy a, she, is an alum and I really like her as an actress and I was begging the school to like have her come. She's an alumni of my specific program and she comes and talks and she like makes it seem like she's like paying attention to me the whole time and she like gives a shit about me. She's like, oh my God. And oh, and you must do this. And you just, oh my God, you're so great. And she was, no, oh. no, 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 no. She's not British. She's not British. <laughs> I just like, she had this like affected way about her she was like very diva-ish but you know me I'm like I love that oh my gosh camp I like love seeing mm -hmm. like those like older actresses who are like out of their minds like I, I love it um apparently everyone else thought she was like cunty and I just was like in a haze of being complimented and like paid attention to so I didn't like see usual <laughs> in your college classes you were on edibles exactly <laughs> Ed edibles of life <laughs> Uh, but she was, and I like changed a flight to come to this specific meeting, which she knew about. Like, I really hated the head of my program and I just did not want to deal with him. So if you go on IMDB, you can find anyone's contact information, whatever. And I reached out to her people and was like, Hey, I met her the other day. I would love to talk to her about grad school, whatever, like a bullshit standard email. And she writes to the head of my program <laughs> and emails them and says, how dare she write to my agents, the biggest of the land. She has done me wrong. Love and kisses, Patricia, or something like that. <laughs> and as a, you know, 21 year old, excited to come out of drama school, excited to go out to the world, this wasn't a really fun way to do that, <laughs> a fun entrance to, you know, such a loving and caring industry like the entertainment one. And <laughs> I was just shocked. And then the head of my program was like, how dare you? And I was like upset and crying. And I've never had this experience ever happen to me. Anyways, she tried to cause problems for me at my drama school. And I looked up to her and apparently I should have been looking down. <laughs> oh. oh, that is it. The story for the ages. The reason why Patricia Clarkson will never set foot in a slaz production. Never. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, my two truths and a lie. Number one, one time I hooked up with a United Nations ambassador. Number two, I once made a latte for Lady Gaga. Number three, one time I sat upon the lap of Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band saxophonist Clarence Clemens. 
I don't think you made a latte for Lady Gaga. It didn't make a latte for Lady Gaga. She came in. She came into the coffee shop, though. She came in. She looked at the menu. I said to my coworker, I was like, holy shit, is that Lady Gaga? And then she, like, probably heard me say that and left. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, in the one you worked at, like, recently? Like yeah, a piecery. Oh, my God. <laughs> Absolutely. I didn't- I didn't know about that. Yeah. She literally came in, looked at the menu, was like, this is not for me. Saw like a drooling twink at the register and was like, mm, <laughs> not today. <laughs> I mean, she was in Lincoln Center. What was she expecting? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now we're going to move on to our donation portion of today's episode. Um, this week, me and Sarah have decided to shout out um, a GoFundMe. It's free therapy for Black queer folks via Zep Center in um, Miami, Florida. And you can find them at www.gofundme.com slash F slash free therapy for black queer folks via Zep Center with hyphens in between each word. But also if you just Google GoFundMe and like half of those words, it'll, it'll come up. Okay. Oh, sorry. I was distracted. No, there was a lizard okay. in my backyard. What? <laughs> <laughs> I saw you zone out. I did. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Um, Sarah's fighting alligators right now, so I will be finishing out this segment. If you have another um, GoFundMe organization or cause that you think is really cool, really important, please um, DM it to us and we will shout it out and donate on our next episode. Um, I will continue to talk because I see Sarah is currently fighting with the alligator in her backyard. Oh my God, it has just ripped off her arm. This is a tragedy. <laughs> me fucking arm i don't know what to do this is my swamp sarah why why did you have to put the dobby mask back on to fight the alligator it's my uh, fucking swamp bitch <laughs> <laughs> yes but also another thing to donate to right now is food banks um which i didn't even think about um food banks especially during the holiday times there's I know that there was like lines out the ones here in Florida and that's something that is really important that I don't think a lot of us people who are privileged enough to not have to go to one think about. So do that and donate to a food bank or volunteer time if you feel like you can safely do that. Our next guest is an actress who appeared on Broadway in three shows by the age of nine, including Les Mis and the Tony-winning revival of Showboat. She earned an Emmy nomination for her role of Mara Lewis on TV's longest-running daytime drama, Guiding Light. She is best known for starring as Marnie in the Disney Channel original movie franchise, Halloween Town, alongside the legendary Debbie Reynolds. Her various film and television roles include starring in Stephen King's miniseries, Rose Red, My Sister's Keeper, Bringing Down the House, and skits for The Late Show with David Letterman, Saturday Night Live, and much more. Please welcome Kimberly J. Brown. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> hello, thank you for joining us. We, we just said this before we came on here, but we feel like we're in the presence of an icon. <laughs> That's so kind of you. No, thank you for having me on. This is it's always so fun to get to to chat to to chat about myself, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I grew up with you on so many different movies. I mean, on Disney Channel also, we'll get to this Bringing Down the House is one of my favorites. I love that movie. Oh, <laughs> love thank to talk you. About I I genuinely like think that movie is funny. Like as an outside <laughs> objective observer, like I remember sitting in the premiere watching the movie and I was like oh my gosh, this is funny. People are laughing. Like I, you know, it's, you, you just, you never know, you know, when you're so close to it, what people are going to think or what you're going to think. But I, I love that movie. <laughs> I mean, it's like the cast is iconic too. I, I, I want to talk all about this, but first we want to just take it back to the beginning of your life. And we okay. want to know. <laughs> oh, great. All right, here we go. Uh-huh. <laughs> Where were you born and what was your childhood like? I was born in Maryland. I, um, started acting when I was five or six and it was my parents had put me in like a performing arts class or something because I was always um I had several imaginary friends and I was always putting on plays in my house and dress up and like the whole nine yards I just you know was always living somebody else's life so they were like well let's you know put her in just like this class maybe you know as an avenue to kind of get it out and 
from there, I, I think the story goes that some talent scouts came down from New York and I was like one of the only kids that they were like, well, if you would ever want to try it professionally, like we would recommend, you know, like she would be great for it. So um, they started driving back and forth to New York and we tried it out for a bit. And um, I was just instantly hooked. I, um, it, it took, you know, it, it, for everything that I did, even as a kid, like there's hundreds, if not thousands of other things that I read for and got close to, but um, I started with commercials and that sort of thing. And then, yeah, did my first uh, Broadway show, like you mentioned at, at seven. And that was, I, I still remember to this day, like being on stage at Lincoln Center and going, wow. this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> like, yeah. <I> never, like, <laughs> So what was Les Mis like? I mean, that's such an, and you played Little Cosette too. That's such an iconic song and role. What was that like? I still love Les Mis to this day. Like it's probably my favorite musical. Um, and I know I'm a little bit biased, but um, I I loved it. I, I don't think it quite hit me. I was eight years old and they really gave us a lot of responsibility as far as like um we had to find our we had to be at you know places at a certain time in the show and we had to be we had to go you know get mic'd at a certain point and we did most of it on our own and it was it's funny now looking back as an adult actor and going wow they really like entrusted us with a lot to do and to kind of keep our own time cues and everything and um, it was, it, I don't think it really hit me actually and in, in what singing solo and on a stage like that was like until the first night that I did it. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm really all by myself, but it's the most beautiful musical. And that Castle on a Cloud is just such a sweet song. And, um, it's just one of my favorite, like overall memories to this day. And I still have, um, one of my bestest friends in the whole world was in that show with me that we're still friends now. Um. Lacey Chabert, she's an actress, you might know who she is, but, um, so it's just, I think it's also special for that reason, but, um, yeah, I don't, growing up in theater and on Broadway, I think it, um, I just, I, that was such a special, unique time in my life, and I don't know that I really realized that until I got older and was like, wow, I was on Broadway, <laughs> like, and I, yeah. that, you know, I just grew up in that culture, and I just, I love it to this day. You were also in John a John Guerrero play, and I know him because back in theater school, we my like teacher. I remember she was like you because I love like absurd plays, and she's like you need to read all these plays, and they're really absurd. And were you in that as a kid, one of his plays? Because that's to me like that kind of material is super mature. I feel like for a child and just all of his stuff. Um, so I'm just curious what that was like. I mean, that's amazing to be. That, yeah, that was my first show when I was seven. That was um, Four Baboons Adoring the Sun. It was at Lincoln Center and uh, Stocker Chaining played my mom and James. Oh Mark. my gosh. And it was, that was my first, Sir Peter Hall directed it. And it just um, was, it was just my first, I guess, big thing. And also um, the first, I mean, the second two shows I did after that were musicals. So that was like my, you know, first big experience with a straight play and um, it was, it was amazing. And because, you know, Sir Peter Hall and, and Stockard and James were involved with it, we always had the most amazing people stopping by to see the show. And, and I mean, I have still have photos with like Patrick Swayze and Lauren Bacall and, um, Joan Rivers, who I ended up seeing a bunch of times throughout my career, wow. just like these amazing people would come to see the show. And like all of us cast members backstage would be losing our minds. I think more, probably more our parents and certain people, because like I was seven, I didn't know who any, right. everybody was at the time. Um, but our parents were like, oh my God, that's, you know, Lauren McCall. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. That's amazing. Oh. So cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you were also in TV when you were younger and you were in an SNL sketch when you were a kid. I want to hear, what was that like? I did a few of those over, I think, a period of a couple of years. Um, my first one, I think, was a, um, a fireworks sketch with uh, the late Phil Hartman and Julia Sweeney. And it it was really cool. I didn't fully, you know, I had never really watched SNL. And I think the first one I did was, I mean, I probably was like, six. <laughs> I have no idea what, you know, right. I was, but um, they were shot very much. Uh, I, I 
did the sketches that were shot outside of the show like kind of like their own um you know their own commercials or they do like their own shoots and then they just air it during the um you know it wasn't during the live part of it um or they aired it during the live part but i mean mm -hmm. but um it's it was really cool and uh, actually i i think one of the last ones i did for them before i moved out of new york was a few years later and i think it was the first year that will farrell and sherry o'terry were on the show and i did a sketch um it was a family that owned a company that made um limbs for amputees or something it was i don't know it was just like <laughs> you know but um I worked with, I played the daughter of, of Nancy Carell, Steve Carell's wife. And I uh, actually saw her, it was probably a couple of years ago at a luncheon. And I, I was like, I should go up and just say something to her. Like, she's not going to remember who I am, but at least it'll be like a funny story. Like, you know, I, so I went up to her and just said, hi. And I was like, you're not going to remember me, but I just wanted to say, like, I played your daughter and this, and we had this whole conversation about this sketch. And she was so sweet. And then at the end of our conversation, she was like, I, I'm sorry, tell me your name again. Like, and you look so familiar. Like what, is there something I might've seen you in recently? And then it hit her that her kids had watched me over the years in Halloween town. And yeah. that was just like a major, like such a cool kind of full circle moment where I was like, so like, does, you know, does like Mr. Steve Carell, like watch the movie too? Like, <laughs> have you guys all watched the movie? Like this is so cool. But it was just, you know, one of those like awesome kind of Hollywood moments that um, she was so sweet, but um, yeah, life kind of, you know, does, and, and I should say the business kind of does funny things like that, you know? Yeah. And here you are probably like nine year old, you're like, send in the clowns. You've had like a, a, a wide, like career, like like you've had the career of like people somebody like I don't know of in their late 50s and you're like nine you're like I've been on SNL and Broadway and I've seen the world <laughs> it's that's amazing um so you were in this movie that nobody's heard of called Halloween Town no one knows mm -hmm. it it's very indie yeah. <laughs> it's a very indie film so how did that come about what was the audition process for that like I read for it twice, I believe. I went in and read, I think the scene where Marnie first finds is like telling Dylan that she, their family is like a family of witches and he thinks she's crazy. And then I think one of the other ones where she was arguing with Gwen, which, you know, she did a lot in the first movie. <laughs> I am grown up. I can go out. Um, and then I went back again, I think. And then I think after that is when I found out that I got it. And then it was, I think after I booked it that I found out that Debbie Reynolds was going to be playing my grandmother. So it was like a, you know, a massive, uh, massive icing on the proverbial cake. You know, it was just like, wait, what? Like, and I was already thrilled because to play a teenage witch was like not a, um, you know, th that type of project and that type of role is not something that you see all the time, you know, especially then. So it was such a exciting, you know, unique project. So you already knew who Debbie Reynolds was going into it, going into Halloween Town? I did. I knew overall who she was. My parents sort of had to explain some of the backstory. I was 13 when we did the first movie. I, my dad bought um, Unsinkable Molly Brown for me, which I loved. I don't think I had seen all of Singing in the Rain, but of course we bought, you know, Singing in the Rain and she was always so gracious to like sign, you know, she signed my DVD and everything. But um, yeah, overall, I, I just knew what a legend she was and was, you know, you're, you're never sure what those experiences are going to be like in the business when somebody's sort of so built up in your mind, especially as a child actor. Um, but she could not have been uh, more amazing than she was just immediately um just so ingratiating and just like it, it told stories about herself and to make us laugh and always treated us like peers and just wanted everybody to have a good time and um yeah over the years she she became like a you know like another grandma to me i just adored her that's that's so amazing um we actually have some questions from some of our listeners okay, for you. Cool. <laughs> the first one is, do you believe in magic? Absolutely. I even, um, I have a Etsy shop that uh, I put a lot of my own um, shirts and paintings in. And one of my shirts that I have up in that shop uh, with my handwriting is an I believe in magic shirt. Cause I, I hope to encourage everybody to look for the magic and the little things in life. I think it's so important. 
Yes, yes. Um, we want to ask you about your Etsy shop, but also about Halloween Town. We want to know, did you realize when you were doing it how successful and iconic it would be when you were making it? No, it was, I think, Disney Channel's only second or third ever original movie. Um, and Disney Channel was not in every home yet either when we filmed it. So it was, the channel was still growing. And over the years, when it, when it first premiered, it did very well. The channel, you know, they, they were very happy. But like years after that, it kind of um, expanded into more homes across the U.S. So it was this gradual thing. And then certainly over the past, you know, just with social media and everything, it's have, it has such a like uh, a crazy um, continuous life, which is amazing. But I know I don't think we had no idea we were going to do more. Like we just, we were doing that one and we were excited and just had no idea what was to come. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Vinny have had this ongoing existential crisis because we read a fact about Halloween Town and it said <laughs> Benny the cab driver was neither <laughs> a CGI nor a fake, or what, it, what was it? That Vinny? Benny the cab driver was neither CGI'd or nor was he a real skeleton. So we're just, we're wondering what, what does that mean? Well, what's that the- is an accurate statement. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, he was, I guess, for all intents and purposes, an animatronic robot, I guess, in a way. He was an animatronic puppet, I guess. He um, was created by Soda Effects and had uh, two guys with giant uh, remote control, remote controls, basically. And they controlled his head movements, everything down to his eyebrows and what way they went up and down his cheekbones for expression oh my gosh. and his head movements and everything. And so when we were doing the cab scenes and everything with him, he had two guys that rode around with us and had him, you know, move and, and act, you know, act, quote unquote, act out the scenes with us. <laughs> so- since Benny like exists in the physical world, where do you know where he is now? I don't. That's a great question. Um, yeah, I don't know. He could be. I would imagine that you know maybe Disney has like a big storage vault for all of the good stuff. I don't. I don't know. I would. I would love to know the answer to that question too. To be honest with you, he's a working SAG after member. Yes. <laughs> Um, exactly. <laughs> so another question, I feel like that this is um, in, related to that. Another question from one of our listeners is, did you get to keep any of the props from the movie? I did. Uh, I wish I had tried to keep more, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I have, I have Marnie's purple cloak and hat from the second movie that I wore also in the third movie. I have a copy of the Halloween Town book. It wasn't the actual one in the movie, but at the end of filming, the producers were nice enough to give me a copy of it. Um, I have, I, I have the little broom that Marnie had in her pocket in the second Halloween Town movie. I had like the stand-in broom. Um, I didn't have like the camera-ready one, but I had the one we used from rehearsals. They let me keep that. I have like a watch Marnie wore. I think in the second movie. Oh, and the uh, Disney was nice enough to give me the puppet from the first movie that played Calabar's uh, bat assistant in his office. I still oh my have gosh. Yeah. Cool. So I have lots of, you know, little things from, but I mean, man, I wish I had, I wish I had a talisman. I wish like there's things. <laughs> I wonder where that is. It's somewhere in Disney. Like they're, they're hiding it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I was watching the third one, like, the other day, and I also, I totally forgot Finn Wittrock is in that, who's now, like, an Emmy-nominated actor as well, and, like, super famous, too, and what was it like working with him, and have you, I don't, have you had a Halloween Town reunion since then? I have not seen him since then, I don't, I don't think, Um, but he was awesome. He was so sweet and so talented, and um, I felt for him because he was coming into, um, you know, our third movie and our core cast has had, had so much history. Mm. So we were, um, we got to hang out with him and, and, uh, it was really fun for me to sort of play that dynamic of Marnie actually falling for a human and what that, you know, what that was like. But, um, 
no, he was, he was so great. And I, I'm so happy for him that he's, um, continued to be in such, such great stuff. Like he's, he's just, he's done some really awesome roles since then. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Well, while we're on the topic of history among the Halloween Town cast, we wanted to ask about you're currently dating your co-star from Halloween Town 2. Yes, <laughs> I am. So cool. That's like a Hollywood dream, like love story. Kind of. <laughs> how, did, how did that happen? It was a few years ago. People always ask now, like, was it, you know, have you guys been together since filming Halloween Town 2? And no is, is the answer to that. We've been friends. Um, we had a great time working together. Again, he was, you know, another sort of, uh, you know, a newbie to the Cromwell family fold. So um, he worked with us up in Canada and we had a great time. And um, I think he and I hung out socially a few times after we wrapped but I think there was like a good 10 year chunk of time that we had not seen each other. We'd kind of just stayed social media friends. Um, so I had reached out to him a few years ago because I wanted him to do some of uh, the, I was shooting some more content, some sketches and stuff for my YouTube channel. And I was hoping he would be in them. Cause I thought, you know, some of the Halloween town fans would like that. Um, and so we started working on some of that stuff and then it just, unexpectedly turned romantic and we were both like oh okay is this where this is going and uh and it just it's been I it's just been hilarious to see what you know the fans reaction you know to all of it it's we get we get everything from you know like you know but he tried to take your spell book and then other people who are like oh I always wanted Marnie and Cal to get together and I was like there's no way Marnie would have ever fallen for Cal like you know it just but there's some people that like really wanted the two of them to end up together it's it's so funny Halloween Town 5 is that is that that would that would definitely be a fun storyline for it I would love to see that um so how did your life change after Halloween Town like at least the first one and as it I mean got more popular what was life like after that it's been really incredible to watch the popularity grow. Um, I, I mean, it, it's just been, it, it was a Disney movie that was just, like I said, kind of got to watch it gradually grow. Um, but it, certainly after the third one, um, I kind of started to slowly like realize like, oh, this is something that a lot of people are seeing. Like it, it, I think it took me a while to really realize that it was um, just to get used to that sort of, that it, it was becoming one of the projects that I had done that, that people would approach me, uh, approach me about on the street a lot. And it, it was like, oh, wow. Like a lot of kids and their families and people are watching this, like, this is amazing. Um, and certainly since then now, there has just been so many different, um, just so many different things that have really blown my mind in the best way of, of uh, kind of still showing what kind of staying power and everything the movies have. And it's really been incredible and a, and a testament to the fans and just how devoted they are. But um, it's the biggest honor as an actor, like you, you work on things and hope they touch people in some way. But I mean, this is, it's, I I love doing, I I love still talking about it and doing things with the fans because it, it means so much to me as well for them to share, you know, their stories about seeing it and everything. It's just, it's a nice, um, it brings people joy. And I, I hope to, I hope to be able to do that in, in some way. Yes, yes. Um, so you have uh, an Etsy shop now, right, where you sell sort of Halloween Town, qu- Halloween Town quotes and like themed um, items and apparel and stuff. What's what? How did that start? And um, can you tell us about it? Yeah, it it had initially started with a, a good friend of mine and I. We used to craft more often uh, on the weekends, like on Saturdays, we would she does the greeting cards and gift tags and I like to paint. So we started the shop thinking, okay, well maybe we, you know, get some projects to do on the side. And I started doing custom work and poems and stuff for people. And then people started slowly requesting quotes from Halloween town and different things. And then I was like, well, maybe if I put this up in a listing, some other people will like it. 
and it just kept growing and growing. And um, I'm obsessed with graphic tees. They're probably 96.4% of my wardrobe. So I, you know, started doing, I was like, well, maybe we could put the design on a shirt. Like, and it just kind of kept going from there. And people over the years have requested all kinds of different things. And so we try to listen and, and take the most popular asked for designs and incorporate it somehow into the shop. And so a lot of the stuff in the, in the store is um, kind of a, a, a tribute to Halloween town and some of either the characters or some of the, you know, the lines from the movie that people like most and, and people just have grown it into this, um, this full fledged business. Like we, we have now passed like over, uh, I think it's 11,000 sales in six years. And it's just, the fans have grown it wildly beyond my expectations, but I have truly loved being able to connect with the fans and, and, uh, have another place for us to go back and forth. And I just get these amazing stories from people about what watching the movies meant to them when they were young. And it's, um, they thank me for having the shop open. Like, thank you for doing this for us. And it's, it's, uh, it's as much, I thank them as well, just for the stories they get to share with me, because I, you know, I've been in this business as I was young and I have it ebbs and flows like anything else. And there can be days um, where, you know, I, I don't have something doesn't quite go my way or, you know, whatever I'm frustrated with something. And then I just get the most beautiful note from a fan talking about what the movies meant to them. And I'm like, okay, well, this is, you know, it, it just, it, it feeds my soul in a different way. And uh, it's just been such a blast to do. Totally. Wow. That's so cool. I mean, I could tell you, I mean, Vinny, do you agree? Like watching Disney Channel original movies as a kid, it was like a big deal. Like every, when they would play every Friday or whenever they would come on. Yeah. It was like the whole point of staying up late. Like, mom, I'm not going to bed. There's a DCOM on tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I would love to see in the future a craftily creative pop-up shop in New York City that I could go to and shop yes creations. that's a great idea <laughs> so yeah in the universe okay all right um, thank also you wanted I... to ask like what does what does the future hold for you what are you looking forward to um you mean in general or with the with the shop everything in everything yeah. <laughs> um well i mean i'm i'm really happy i'm really happy doing what i'm doing i i am really grateful that not only still being in this business after, you know, over, I think it's over 30 years now that I still love it so much. It still feeds me the same way. And even though it, it's such a um, crazy weird business, I am so grateful truly that I get to get up and do it every day and, and feel so fulfilled even on the craziest days. And um, I wanted be able to continue to, you know, do projects that, and characters that, excite me and and uh you know i ever since i was a little kid i have truly loved pretend getting to pretend to be somebody else like it's just it's such a fun ride to me so um i still get excited when i get stuff that i have to audition for whatever like it's uh, the whole aspect of creating movies and tv and everything is just so still so fascinating to me so i'm i'm grateful i still have that excitement and then whatever I can do to keep being creative and um, giving it, you know, like I said, sort of being able to put that joy back into the world just makes me so happy. And I really feel like that that's why I'm here doing this. So as long as I get to keep doing that, like that, you know, it just, um, it's, it's a good, it's a good day, you know? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. I know we d- we don't talk about the fourth movie. She didn't exist. She didn't happen. <laughs> we don't know her, but we want to know. <laughs> why why did they do that? And like why did they, you know, they put Sarah Paxton in the in the role instead? Why did that I, you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. This but it's, it's I wish I had, <laughs> Yeah, no. I mean, the fans have been so kind over the years and so supportive and uh the some of the memes of the <laughs> um and I love Sarah Sarah and I have grown up 
you know, seeing each other at different things. She's the sweetest and so talented. And I, Oh, that was one of our fan questions. Is there any beef? So (laughs) glad to know there's not. (laughs) And I, yeah, I I always try to stress that wherever I can, because I feel like either people try to, you know, (laughs) make beef where there is none or, you know, whatever. But um, I don't, I don't know why you'd have to ask Disney that question. Um, Yeah. You know, I've been in the business for a long time and crazy things happen all the time. And so that was one of those things that just, I had to chalk up to being in a crazy business and kind of move forward, you know, but um, yeah, but I mean, Sarah's awesome. And yeah, I, I, it's not fair. (laughs) There's no, I love New York reunions. There's no like fist fist bump. I, I hate to bombard you with more questions, but we have to go back to bring it down the house. No, because it's fine. <laughs> this is, I love this movie so much. And um, also I, I just realized it was also executive produced by Queen Latifah, which is really interesting because I mean, she's so funny. So I want to know, what was it like working with Queen Latifah, Eugene Levy, Steve Martin, Missy Pyle, like all those people who are so incredible and what was that like? It was amazing. It was, I was elated when I found out I got the role. I had gone in, I want to say three or four different times, um, where you kind of, you know, slowly watch the the number of girls also up for it, you know, dwindle. And it's, I have so many experiences like that in my life. So many stories I could tell you of, of projects where, you know, things you would know where it came down between me and the person who was on it or whatever. Like, it's just, so when you actually get one of those, it's such a win and such, you know, so exciting. But I, once I booked it, then they slowly, they kept like adding amazing people. Like, you know, we'd find out, you know, Betty White's going to be playing your neighbor. Oh yeah. (laughs) Going to be playing your mom. Like, and it was just like, what? It was an incredible cast. Um, everybody was so kind and had, we all just genuinely had a good time working together. Uh, Queen Latifah is just the kindest and just most down to earth person ever. Just kind of that persona I guess or people see her she's on camera in her interviews like that and I think people you know sometimes ask me like oh is that but is that who she is in real life I'm like yes she's just she's just cool inherently cool and fun and um he was so great I he was one of those people that I I mean I pinched myself really with the whole cast but I was always such a fan of his and um I think it took me a while to kind of, you know, when I was working with him to kind of go, no, this is, this is real life. This is, you know, um, and we just genuinely had a great time working together. And like I said, that, that movie is, um, I just, I, I think it came together really well. It's just, you know, objectively, I, I still, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I genuinely laugh at it. So I, you know, I'm so excited that, or I'm happy that people over the years have, have done the same. <laughs> I feel like that scene too, where you kind of get, you get assaulted by a man at a party, you're a teen and Queen Latifah comes to save the day and she hangs the guy by the roof and is like, no means no. And yeah. tells him to scream that while she's hanging him from his legs. And I honestly feel like that aged really well with like, I feel like people standing up to all that crap now and like the Me Too movement. I feel like that is kind of an important scene and it's, they made, I feel like they made that in the best comedic light that they could too, because it was such a funny like retribution to an abuser. So I really, I, it's like, I think it's just a really good scene. I really like that scene a lot. What was that like? <laughs> I, I liked that too. I mean, I, it was, I loved that that was Sarah's storyline towards like she was sort of in that all important age and like position in her life where she was right. trying to balance um you know the the youth part of teenager years and then that other part where you're like well I'm grown up and it's like no you're right. not um so I loved that I kind of that I got to play b- between those two sides of her and kind of show in a fun way, in a sense, like what happens when you perhaps do try to go too fast and, and, you know, in, in an effort to look or be seen, you know, a certain way by your peers that sometimes it's, you know, 
you don't make the best decisions, but it was done in such a great way that it wasn't like we weren't beating it over people's heads as far as like, don't do this, but it was like a right. nice family comedy way of doing it. And I, I really liked that too. Cause it kind of, you know, each character in the movie, I feel like you kind of got to see a little bit of their own life and then how it all came together with, with Queen Latifah's character. And that was kind of, I, I just thought it was so well done how they were able to show individually what her effect was with everybody and how it it brought the family together and then you know in an even better way queen latifah can save the world that's it like that's all <laughs> that's all we need <laughs> so we're gonna move on to our little we have a game and sort of like interesting little fan fiction section <laughs> okay cool without further ado let's do it this is an excerpt. Wait, from- to, you have to sign roles. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Kimberly, you will be yeah. reading the pink lines. Okay. Sarah, you will be blue and I'll be green. And this I'm is a, a Halloween Town fan fiction in yes. which you're reprising your role as Marnie. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> if you're okay yeah. with that. <laughs> no, I mean, hey, let's, let's do it. it sounds like fun. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's very absurd, so very much in the vein of John John Guare plays. You know, it's yes. it's at that level. <laughs> right, true, true to life. And, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, without further ado, this is <laughs> excerpts from Calabar's Return, a Halloween Town fan fiction by Jack O'Diamonds. Why are you doing this? I didn't do anything. It's not my. A young man cries out into the <laughs> darkness before screaming in agony. Shut up. You will stay there till you rot. (laughs) Serves you right. After all, it's only a matter of time till you follow his footsteps. A voice replies in a cockney accent, laughing cruelly. I'm not a monster like him. I hate that man. Why won't you believe me? (sighs) The young man screams again, the sound piercing through the night. Because you're a liar. (laughs) You and your family, your entire family. So shut up. Shut it. The voice says, mocking the man's plight. I promise you, I will get out of here. And when I do, I will destroy you and then prove that I am nothing like... Ah! The young man pants, his entire body feeling like it's cracking into pieces. Cromwell's. Stay safe until I can find you. Please, you're the only ones who can stop this. He whispers wearily, slowly slipping into unconsciousness. Yeah. Uh, I think you I think you misassigned the roles. That was I don't think Marnie was in that team. Well, I made it, Marnie. So now she was. I'm sorry, Jack. I did a role change. I made an executive decision last minute. Um, artistic liberty. I should just be Marnie. <laughs> and Sarah, well, that was just, that was wonderful. I thought your <laughs> accent channel- was just boom. <laughs> it wasn't was a, little, a little more Scottish than Cockney. <laughs> I was channeling Shrek. I took another artistic liberty mm-hmm. with this. <laughs> that works too, though. I loved it. It was great. Thank you. <laughs> It was, that was an honor, truly. <laughs> okay, this is a game, and we call this Spelly or Smelly. And these are just, you know, absurdist ideas. And you have to okay. say if they're Spelly or Smelly. So Okay, okay. Uh, Vinny, do you want to... So first up, is it Spelly or is it Smelly? We've got Coca-Cola brand COVID vaccines. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say smelly because that just doesn't yeah I don't even know what that is <laughs> <laughs> okay and oh actually I want to ask you about this okay never drawing the and you're watching Disney Channel mouse ears right do you remember that uh, the- yes and see I never did that at all um Oh, we wanted to ask if you ever did because all those videos where they show before the effects are added is like so awkward. Like there's Hillary Duff. Who's like- that's like it's such a <laughs> it's such a accurate moment in time of what most of that stuff is like when you're actually shooting it. Like if people could see what 
we looked like it, it they just <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i i thought when some of that footage was unearthed i was like oh man this is this is like so uh just just amazing that somebody found this and it was you know like that it's such a snapshot for those moments in time you know yeah totally how do you do do one I don't, I have no idea, just never, I don't know, just never, like, was never one of those things that came up or whatever. I honestly have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Spelly or smelly. Okay, spelly or smelly were the two options, right? Yes. Well, I guess it wasn't very spelly, was it, if they they didn't do it, you know, if it wasn't (laughs) actually there. So I guess I would say smelly, I don't know. Definitely smelly. If they didn't have the real witch smelly (laughs) (laughs) next up we have adam lambert losing american idol spelly or smelly oh i did not see that season but i guess i would say smelly i don't remember who won that season exactly Um, exactly (laughs) but uh adam is very talented so i yeah i guess i would say i guess i would say smelly i didn't see many of them past like Kelly Clarkson that was like the only full season I saw and I'm still obsessed with her so yeah she's but. like she's really cool she has like a talk show now she's chilling she <laughs> yeah she she does a lot right now but I just I think she's the sweetest person she seems like the sweetest person I met her briefly once but um yeah I, I that was really like the only full season of American Idol I ever saw <laughs> Was that during your Disney Channel days? Because I feel like she was kind of adjacently Disney Channel related to. Possibly. I think that was towards, I want to say I was maybe in my mid-teens when American Idol premiered. Oh, dear Lord. That makes me (laughs) feel old. But yeah, I think so. That's so cool. Um, Another one. Okay. Harry Potter casting a prank spell on your Etsy shop. (laughs) (laughs) That would not be very nice at all. So I guess I would say smelly. But it would be iconic. Like, what a moment. Well, sure. I mean, yeah. I, you know, <laughs> and I would be like, Harry, like, do you want to come over for dinner and let's talk about this? You know, like, I would, I would hope it, it would expand to other things. Yeah, for sure. It would, like, start a friendship or something. Yes. But, that know. would be Spelly. Yes. Um, <laughs> next up on Spelly or Smelly, we've got Rudy Giuliani's dripping hair. Oh. I, well, I mean, I, I think if I were to say anything other than Smelly, it just... <laughs> Hey, everyone's into different things. I mean, they're, yeah, he can, we've all got our cosmetic secrets. I just feel for the man that they were, you know, in such detail. (laughs) What a month he has had. Yeah, I feel for the guy. I was like, okay. (laughs) So this, this last one, okay. Ordering a broomstick on Amazon, but receiving Calabar instead. But he's changed. He's kind of a cool guy now. But he did vote for Jill Stein. <laughs> I don't know that you can trust Calabar. I don't, like, I would have to see very detailed proof that he had changed. Because I just, I don't buy that. So, um, yeah, I guess that would be smelly, and I would write a scathing letter to Amazon asking. For- <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that was, yeah. that was our pitch for the premise of Halloween Town 5. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take it to Disney+. Plus. <laughs> there you go. Hey. We have Mary Fuck Kill. It's a game you might oh, be no. familiar with. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So round one, we've got Luke, after he was changed back into a goblin, Mufasa from Lion King, oh, man. and the entire <laughs> cast of Narnia. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> the entire cast of Narnia? Um, <laughs> is this is me or is Marnie? You're asking is me, right? You. Yes. Okay, right. right. <laughs> I mean, I think I would probably marry Luke. I just think he just was always such a good guy. And I think he, he proved that in both movies. Oh, I think, oh, geez. I just set myself up real bad there. <laughs> well, yeah, I think you'd have to. Okay, so then you'd have to kill Mufasa. No, wait. I was thinking Scar in my head, not Mufasa. Well, 
This is hard, you guys. Um, <laughs> but I'm well, not going to sleep with a lion, so I guess I'd have to sleep with the cast of Narnia and <laughs> uh, and then kill Mufasa because, I mean, you can't alter Disney history either. Like, that's kind of a classic. Lion King's a classic, so that that was more difficult than I expected. <laughs> you guys real- have some, uh, <laughs> some different, you like spanned different uh, creature types. A, a true tough question for a decom star, you know, that's a really, yeah. that's a tough like, one. <laughs> it really is. Okay, this one, being stuck in the land of lost I- items in Halloween Town. Lucas Grabeel twice, and <laughs> Halloween Town, the musical, the Rusical, which is a RuPaul musical. Oh my god! <laughs> I I haven't really seen any of these things. What was the first one? <laughs> we have not seen Lucas Grabeel either. <laughs> um, I like I mean, like in High School Musical, or like I—I I mean, I saw parts of High School Musical. What was, he was in Halloween Town with you? Well, in no, the- no, I know. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> I know, I know who he is. <laughs> I think I meant since then. Like I haven't, I haven't seen him in his other stuff. So uh, I actually did run into him a couple of years ago um, at Nickelodeon. Ironically enough. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, I just ran into each other and caught up for a few minutes. Um, but what the, was the first option? I got the, so like, distracted by the um, the RuPaul thing. Like, <laughs> oh, no, I don't know anything about any of these things. What? Um, the Land of Lost Items from Halloween Town. Like oh the guy God. with the the lost stuff, which I I refer, I make reference. Yes, I reference that all the time because I feel like that's me. I'm like always losing stuff, and I feel like it's all in that one place. <laughs> Oh, I mean, it, all of our stuff probably is. I mean, I thought is that there. was so. Um, I thought that was so accurate when they wrote it. I was like, "This is the greatest idea ever." <laughs> <laughs> I guess I would kill. I don't know. I don't know enough about the the last RuPaul thing, so I would probably just have to nix that off the bat because I don't okay. know it. Um, and oh dear. This is, it's all, it would always ends up because <laughs> marrying and sleeping with. I guess you, well, okay. I guess I would marry Gort in the hopes that I could help him like clean up his act and become the uh, clean Gort that you see, the clean organized Gort. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would sleep with Lucas Grabeel because who knows, maybe, you know, that would probably be a great experience. I don't know. <laughs> and it's two Lucas Grabeels. <laughs> well, I mean, there you go. There you go. Next up, we have the Halloween Town pumpkin, a bathtub full of spaghettios, and President Abraham Lincoln. Oh my lord! I think you marry Abraham Lincoln, right? I mean, he just seems like a man of great stature and values and history, um, yeah. education, all of that. Well, that doesn't. That just left me two non-humans to sleep with. So. <laughs> I can't kill the Halloween Town pumpkin. Oh, dear Lord. All right. I guess, I don't know. I guess you kill the SpaghettiOs and sleep in the Halloween Town pumpkin. (laughs) (laughs) Works for me. (laughs) Okay, last one. Last one. Okay, Queen Latifah taking you to a four-star Austrian hotel and buying you a red evening gown. The Disney Channel original COVID vaccine <laughs> and <laughs> Steve Martin locking Trisha Paytas in the year 2020. I mean, I guess I kill the Disney Channel COVID vaccine because that just sounds like <laughs> words that should be said. <laughs> and then who's a person who's the reference in, with Steve Martin? She's like that controversial TikTok YouTuber. She kind of does cringy things a lot of the time and problematic things. She's, oh. she's like blonde. Um, she, this is like, honestly, it's really good if you don't know about it. I don't. <laughs> it's, I don't. It, you're really lucky that this hasn't come on your feed, but she's just like, <laughs> <laughs> problematic on tiktok with that i don't know what's what's the girl who does the dances i don't know they've had a feud i really her being locked away steve martin locking her in the year 2020 is the, the problem yes. oh okay so is that a good thing then i guess yeah <laughs> figure out okay so i guess i 
marry that? And then what does that mean? Sleeping with Queen Latifah? I mean... Well, it's the concept. It's basically just the plot of the movie The Last Holiday with Queen Latifah, where it's just the concept of her (laughs) taking you to... I mean, that works too, sure. Yeah, why not? To a (laughs) four-star Austrian hotel. It's another another favorite of mine. Um, so thank you so much for joining us today. This has been so amazing. Thank you for spending so much time with us and letting us be ridiculous because it was <laughs> so fun for both of us. Oh, you're welcome. This has been a blast. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yes, of course. Vidi, do you want to leave us? We leave all of our guests with a quote. It's just yes. a quote. It's just a random quote. And our quote for today is, I rescued a dog. It was beautiful. Melissa Joan Hart. <laughs> Fantastic. That was, that was beautiful. A fellow and witch. Good on, and yes, and good on her for rescuing dogs. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. Follow us on Twitter at wishyouwereweird1. That is the letter U, not the word U. And if you come across that bitch-ass Twitter that has Wish You Were Weird, report them. This episode of Wish You Were Weird was sponsored by Nobody. Please sponsor us. Thanks.